Okay, and hello, and welcome to the Virtue Cafe. I'm your host, Jagilola Salami. How can I help you today, or who's next today? Hello. I would like, yeah. a, I would like a black coffee, please. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, black coffee, no sugar, no milk. That's it. Yes. Yeah, okay, cool. And what else would you like for your drink today? No, that would do, thank you. Cool, cool, cool. Are you in London today? Because where I am, um, in my nice little village in Heathergreen, we like to call this a nice little village, it's, the yeah. sun is out and it seems like a very lovely day yeah. today. Good. Well, it's, it's okay in London, yeah. <laughs> cool. Ah, actually, so the little human, she's, she's turned two now, so she's not particularly very cooperative in getting orders and whatnot, so you probably hear her lamenting. <laughs> You're going to like hear her lamenting the the the, uh, the hard work I'm putting her through. Um, <laughs> that's cool. Actually, it's actually a good thing that you're here because there was a question I wanted to ask you from the other time after you had to leave um, quickly. So you remember that the I think it was like to the not the last time you were here the. No, I don't think you were here last year. Just the, the two weeks ago, we had the lady from um, America who was working for the Department of Social Security. And it was something she said, which I thought was actually quite interesting. And I wondered what the uh, if it was similar in the UK or the way it was in the US. And if I remember what she said correctly, um, I think she said something that in the Maryland, Washington, that sort of area, that... Um, if say there was ever an emergency, if there was ever an emergency, and you know parents were either normal or incapacitated in one way or the other, that people that could step up are usually um, relatives by blood, um, marriage, or um, so blood and marriage, and then she said that family friends. Um, they can um, they can step up. Um, they don't need like a or they they had a piece of paper where you know the parents' desires had been written up. Um, they could they could easily um, you know take in the child rather than you know the child being put into foster care. Because what Fel uh, Felicia what Felicia was saying in her book um, was that Olivia, who was the main character, had to go into foster care because even though her family friends were willing to take her in the rules in that state where Olivia was in did not allow for that. So how is that in the UK? Well, um, children um, obviously do get fostered in the UK. And mm. They can be fostered for all sorts of reasons, but basically it's because there's, um, um, you know, there's obviously some kind of a problem in the background that, you know, those in the the parents aren't around or the parents are unable for whatever reason to cope or there's been family breakup. You know, there can be a myriad of um, reasons and children can be mm. in foster care either for very short periods of time or very often for quite long periods of time. You know, I'll come across cases where children have been with foster placements for many years. Many foster placements are very successful and lots of children um, form very strong bonds with their foster parents. Um, on the other side of the coin, you, you do come across cases where it, it hasn't worked and there have been, you know, considerable problems. Yeah. 
Yeah, but what I think what I'm asking though is that for before a child, let's say for instance, right? Worst case scenario, um, both parents they just die, or maybe in a car accident, whatever, they both die, um, and then a, a child is left, you know. So before, if there was a blood relative that was, say, two cousins removed, so not like a brother or a sister or a parent or a grandparent, let's say it was like two cousins removed, um, and that cousin was willing to take in the child, would the government allow that, or would they still insist? Um, Services would allow that if they felt that that was the right thing for that child or for the children. So it's what's you know um, what's in the best interest of the the child or the children. That's the um, determining in factor. So if it was considered that these the child or the children should live with um, you know um, a cousin or aunt or uncle or or, or some other relative. And it was thought that you know that was the right thing, then that would be allowed. If so, right. thought that that was not um, appropriate, then that would not be allowed, and would you know certainly be challenged by them if there was a if there was a dispute over over um, where the the child should live. Right. Okay. So is decide ultimately. Yeah. Real dispute, then um, a, a court would have to decide where the you know where the child resided. Right. Okay. But it was it worth, um, because I think again, in that episode, what they were saying, you know, was that it might be worth for a parent to say, okay, if anything should happen to me, um, almost like a living will, but I know that here living will is more to do with healthcare, but just That's for argument's sake. Yeah. You parents, know. parents do um, stipulate in, in wills, um, in, you know, in the event that um, um, I die, then I would want my child to live with a particular person and right which um has to be respected but of course nothing's absolute in life and if there was a concern but that provision in the will was not appropriate or no longer able to be fulfilled then other decisions would have to be made you know if the, if the you know a lot of time had passed between um the parent um, stipulating in their will what they wanted to happen um, and um, circumstances were now very different, then it might mean that the child has to live somewhere else. But no, generally parents can stipulate where they would want the child to live in the event that, you know, one, um, they were unfortunately, you know, died or got killed in an accident. Right, okay. But then is it okay to also do something informally? Um, so rather than, you know, again, maybe sometimes people would think, um, you know, they don't have lots of property, so they might just say to my, you know, their friend, um, okay, so, you know, are you, are you willing to step up, you know, if God forbid, you know, something should happen and the friend says, yeah, sure. So if they don't have something formally written down, um, would that still be okay? Or do they need to go and get something written up and notarized? Well, you know, it, it all comes back down to what then happens when, you know, some tragedy strikes. Um, you know, decisions would have to be made as to what was best for that child. Um, if it was for, for you know, um, the best interests of the child were to live with a certain person, then maybe that's the decision that's that's made. But it would, I, I imagine, I haven't actually come across this in in in, in practice. I imagine yeah. that overseas would. Um, you know, take take great care and in investigate and make sure that that's the right thing to do. 
okay. Okay, no, that's that's good. That was what I was I was wondering because you know in America they have all the different states and all the different rules, and I was like, oh well, how does it how does it uh, apply um, to to the UK? Um, okay, no, that's that's fine. Um, and then so um, we've done so much, right? And just so because you know my friend the other day was saying to me that I've been using baby brain so much that even baby brain would be ashamed that I've been using it. But then again, I've heard I, I can take baby brain till my little girl is 21 years old. So you will forgive me because I'm apparently I'm using baby brain too much. <laughs> so um, first time we talked about um, how to identify a child who's been um, abused. And I think you mentioned that um, you know, you would see a change in behavior, maybe withdrawals, you know, but there will be some sort of change um, in behavior. And how to get, get um, justice for a child. Um, again, you know, you said it would then be in, it would then be what is in the best interest of the child, what the child would feel would give them the best resolution, um, you know, to them. Sometimes it's just, you know, having an acknowledgement, but, you know, it's about, speaking to that child and seeing what they feel is in their best um, interest. Um, and then last week, uh, last week we talked about, yes, baby. <laughs> uh, and then last week we talked about, um, you know, the, we talked about the first stage and the five stages of grief um, and what Felicia was saying, um, you know, with regards to her character in her book was, you know, denial. Um, that a lot of times people do deny. Maybe they don't accept. I mean, I know acceptance is the last stage, but they deny or they try to, you know, sort of shut out what what has um, happened to them. I mean, in your professional capacity, you know, have you come across someone who is then, you know, not only having denial, but then they're in the next stage, which I think is anger. Um, and then how does that... Um, reflect you know because i know that you do a more holistic um approach in the way you provide support to children and families so how do you see you know anger and you know manifest themselves or you know in, in children well um by and large i see adults um use as children um that's what you know we normally what i normally see and yeah you, you know everyone's different um, yes people can be very stressed some people very angry you know they're angry with the authorities for letting them down they can be angry with family members um they can be angry sometimes with themselves because they have guilt you know they feel somehow responsible for what happened and of course they're not responsible but it's a very mm. natural feeling for a survivor to have yes um with younger people um again yes you can sometimes see anger and again it's with those who they felt were in a position to step in and save them from what was happening um so yeah. anger is a, a very natural um emotion and you know it does it doesn't surprise me you know when it is um when um people are angry about what they've um, um experienced and how they how they perceive it um but everyone's different there's no one person is the same as another um so it's you know it i have to be careful not to generalize of course of course of course um okay so in at the risk of generalizing and i guess i have to try and choose my words um carefully 
sometimes, okay, so sometimes, I'm emphasizing sometimes, not all the time, not applicable to everyone, but sometimes you hear that if you trace back down the life of bullies, right, you would find that they in turn are being bullied, right, e.g. at home. So maybe, for instance, you know, a, a child who might be beating up other children in school, you may find that that child, you know, may either be beaten at home or he might be witnessing someone beating up his mom or there is usually that, you know, sort of something that's going on um, in the background. And um, especially, I think, if you, uh, if you listen in the news or in movies or stuff where um, someone has gone on to commit a crime, then when they're, the lawyers are doing their defense, they might then go and say, well, there is a bit of a mental you know, problem associated with it. And that's why they might say, oh, let's not, you know, Get, send this person to jail, let's send this person to a mental institution that can then help the person get treatment. So would you say that, you know, because of possibly whatever has happened to that person in their life, you know, in their, in their past, maybe they've had, you know, they'd be subject to abuse. And at this, the stage of the grief that they're in is anger that they're now taking it out on other people then, you know, does that make sense? Like this nice convoluted to loop of everything that's going on with, you know, with that person? Well, as I said, everyone is, is different. And abuse of children, as we discussed, can happen in any kind of situation, um, in any part of society, um, in all sorts of different circumstances. And how that child um, is affected, varies from child to child and as they develop into adults um, again can be um, you know very um, enormously um, some um, survivors are able to go through life without um, um, experiencing um, you, you know outward symptoms as it were um, other people have really profound problems and it can affect relationships with partners their own children um, it can affect um, ability to hold down work, it can affect relationships with work colleagues and so on. So, yes, to sort of answer your question, you sometimes get cases where the, um, the survivor does um, behave in a particular way towards um, loved ones. Um, you know, um, relationships um, can be affected. Um, some, some survivors find... Hello. Hello. Yeah. Hi. Okay. No. Sorry. You 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 cut off for a second. So um, go. You said some survivors, and then the line sort of just went. Oh, right. Okay. So oh. some survivors um um can go through life um relatively um symptom free, if I can put it like that, whereas others can have real problems, you know, um, difficulties in relationships, difficulties forming relationships, um, in relationships having difficulties. Some survivors find it difficult to form intimate relationships or hold down an intimate relationship. So to answer your question, yes, relationships um, in adult life can be affected in many different ways. 
Yeah. Um, okay. So if so, for instance, um, let's say you came across someone who was manifesting, you know, anger issues, um, and you know, for instance, let's say they've acted out and then they've committed um, a crime. Um, how do you then proceed? So let's say you, you know, you, you're, you know, maybe someone's. Let's say you're being called on to defend somebody, and the person, you know, has, you know, has has committed a crime and you know when you're having a conversation you your instincts you know or your experience tells you that oh possibly this person you know seems to be having anger management issues you know when do you like how would you approach your um your your professional work you know for that person well it's you know when i'm you know i um find this abuse Mm-hmm. And you, you know, I see it's part of my point out um, options to the survivor. So, for example, if they are, for example, having um, particular difficulties, where they may be able to go and um, um, get that kind of help. But, you know, that's mm-hmm. what they need. Okay. So, any what sort of recommendations? Like, what sort of um, a, what sort of support is there in the UK that well, you know from your legal? Survivor networks, there's survivor organisations, um, there's groups of survivors where they can give mutual support and access therapy and counselling. Um, yeah, you know, there's, you know, um, there's, as I said, you know, the survivor networks um, are very important because um, of their very existence and the fact that there are survivors there who can help other survivors and provide the, you know, the, the strength and support that sometimes is so crucial and necessary. Yeah. Sometimes the medical, you know, um, I might say, well, you need to go and see your um, general practitioner and get some advice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That, that, no, that definitely um, makes it, I think it's, you know, because sometimes, you know, some people, you know, might just be acting out and they don't really, um, know why they're acting. I mean, you know, I guess most females, you know, when it's when it's that time of the month and we are all acting crazy, and then everybody else has to just take cover and be like, you know what, you're just being your crazy self. We will just ignore you. Um, but then, you know, so I guess it's sort of trying to find, you know, that balance and sort of trying to, like you've always said, you know, what is in the best interest of the child or the survivor, and finding an approach that works. Um, <laughs> Specifically for that for that person. Anyway, yes. it's been lovely to talk to you. It's, uh, time's up, and I have got to. Yes, no, definitely. Thank you, thank you for stopping okay. by. Yes. All right then. Bye now. <laughs> Hello, Felicia. Good morning. I am so sorry. I'm late. No, that's fine. You snuck in very quiet. I was like, oh, someone's joined us. Someone's joined us. How are you today? Oh, and happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Thank you. We've had a good holiday weekend so far. But once again, I have my two-year-old grandnephew, Jordan, and he woke up sick this morning. So that's why oh, I was late. Yeah. Oh, dear. What was wrong with him? Too much food? No, he's had a, a little flu bug for the last few days, and he had a fever this morning, and he was fussy. Aww. Send him lots of big hugs from us. 
I sure will. Thank you. Yeah. So how is he feeling now? He's resting now with my husband and with his his adult cousin. So he's getting lots of love and cuddles. Oh, cuddles treat a lot of things. Cuddles make everything feel nice as rain. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Oh, cool. So, what's what's been happening with you? I mean, I think you got the, you know, the back end, you know, with um, Alan. Oh my God, attorneys and lawyers and all the funky titles they have here. Always busy. You know, he was able to just squeeze us in again. You know, have a quick chat and then zoom up again. Exactly, exactly. But unfortunately, we need that aspect of it to mm. complete the situation. I mean, if there's no legal ramifications. There's not going to be any acceptance, any justice. So yes. people will, will will suffer endlessly. Yes. No. No. Definitely. Um, okay. So tell us, how did Olivia manifest? You know, anger issues. Did she manifest any anger issues in her book? In your book? The only anger that Olivia manifests in the book is when someone is trying to hurt a child. Hmm. And her her problem was with with her client Rena. There was a conspiracy going on to put Rena into foster care purely for financial gains. Really? Yes. How do you put someone in foster care just for financial gain? Who's her her biological grandfather and, right. his, and his attorney? <laughs> oh. Right. So, but then is he uh, was he a registered uh, foster carer? No, he wanted nothing to do with her because his daughter-in-law was African American. Mm. And this is the story that he uses. You have to read the book to get all the the little details. <laughs> but that's the reason that he uses. I'll put it out there like that. Okay. So, is he Caucasian then? Yes. Ah, right. Okay. Make, it, it makes sense. So he doesn't want anything to do with her because of that. Okay. Now that, that's, that's, that's fine. But I mean, sort of um, anger um, with regards to what happened to Olivia, did she sort of, because I know that last week, you know, you said she had a bit of denial. Did she ever proceed to anger or did she just skip that part, you know, in her own personal, you know, journey? She has never gotten to anger yet. That's what's going to happen in book two, hopefully. But she has never manifested her own anger about her own situation. Right. Mm. So you're going to give us some tips then on what we can expect from the next book. <laughs> <laughs> My lips are sealed. Come on, come on, come on! You know, Alicia has some special privileges. We've been we've been at this what four weeks now. Come on. <laughs> Let, let's just Olivia is just as upset with herself as she is with the other party. Okay, okay, okay. We'll 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 take that. We'll take that. <laughs> so you're right. Remind us again, when is the new book, uh, the second book coming out? Uh, it's going to be about January 15th. We, we, were okay. go we were going to release it in December, but there's just so many holiday books and events right now. We didn't want it to get lost in the shuffle. So yes. come out in 2017. 
okay yeah, that sounds like a that sounds like a good time um because then people would have gotten through the holiday fever and they're like okay let's find something to to read you know on the commute to work yes okay okay that's 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 fine so when you were doing your research you know for this um you know the the second book what did you come up uh what did you discover um about anger manifestation you know as one of the stages of grief as one of the stages of grief it can be how do i say it you you can harm yourself because of your anger yeah and 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 not physically so much i don't mean physically harming but you can hurt your own situation because mm. of your own anger because of the way you release it yeah okay so can you explain a bit more because you you're not rational but mm. you you've held you you've held it in for so long you've denied it for so long and once once that anger manifests itself you you're not listening to reason and you're not acting in a logical manner and you may harm your situation you may miss a step you may push away people who care about you that are able to support you through your 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 issues and so you can harm yourself if you don't manage your anger appropriately yeah but then how is you know the anger from grief different to say someone who's just pms and it's just being you know in a foul mood i think more so with with the grief is that you're looking for someone or something to blame right someone has upset you or it's someone's fault that you've been hurt and you want to place blame on a particular person or situation Right. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So then, you know, random thought that's in my head. Do you say somebody who is a bully, right? And the person mm -hmm. is a bully because the person is being abused at home. So maybe again, this is all hypothetical situation. Totally hypothetical. Mm -hmm. Hello. I lost you. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Are you back? Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, I can, I can hear you now. Yes. Hello. I'm here. here. She seems to I'm be here. Drunk. I don't think I can. I don't think the problem is for me. I can hear you now. I couldn't hear you before. Felicia? Yes. Hello. <clears throat> Hello. Hello. Yeah, I think it's her connection. She's dropped. Uh, well, so it's just me now. Well, hopefully her connection is going to come back again. Um, and the little human, you know, she's there. She's just putting um, the floor in the in the virtual cafe. So that just means I have a lot of work to do when when I when I finish ah, the joys of motherhood. <laughs> Thank you, darling. I wonder if we should. 
Yes, darling. Are you going to say hello to everyone? Closer, darling. Come closer. We're, we're going to just chat with everybody. Say hello. Yes. No. No what? No. No what? No. No what? No what? You want to put hello. in your nose? Hello. Yeah, that's disgusting. It's boogieing your nose. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Yes, it's yucky. It's, Hello. It's boogieing your nose. Tagalala. Yeah, yucky. Hello. Yes, yucky. Hello. Yes, yucky. Yes, yucky. Are you going to say hello again? Hello. Yes, nose. So let's let's see if we can practice our alphabet. While we're waiting for Felicia to come back, I can see her, but I don't think she can hear me. Right, so A is for what? Yes, good girl. And B is for? C is for? D is for? E is for? Oh, you are very smart, baby. So, can people, can you hear? This is my newly two-year-old, and she's saying her alphabet. Okay, let's see. F is for? G is for? H is for? Huh? Yes. I is for? Ice cream. See, we love ice cream. We love ice cream so much. Uh, and J is for? All done. Yes, J is for juice. K is for? Yes, K is for kite. I'm not really sure why we can't hear Felicia. She's here, but nothing, nothing is coming through. Felicia, can you hear me? I can hear you. She can't seem to hear me. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I guess that will be the end. Then uh, it's a virtual cafe, and sometimes connections can let you down. Um, I hope you found this um, episode to be useful. Um, you know, Felicia, you can just drop her a line. Um, Felicia, I think she's on uh, Twitter as Miss Felicia Denise, something like that. Um, and Alan, he's. Um, Lawyer, barrister, I'm not sure what the official term is. And he works for um, Hugh James, which is a law firm in the UK. And of course, you know how to connect with me. I'm always on um, Twitter, at Shagilola Salami, or Facebook, at Shagilola Salami. Um, so I hope I will chat again with you next week. On the oh, that's just disgusting. Go and put it in the bed. Someone is showing me lots of boogie. Oh. Yucky. Yes, please put it in the bin. Bin. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you again next week on the Shagula Salami Show. Bye now.